Hi, welcome to the GC Wesley podcast. My name is Morgan and I am on staff with GC Wesley. If you're not familiar with what GC Wesley is, we are a campus ministry on the Georgia College campus. We will be talking about what life looks like living on the college campus. We'll talk about the Bible some and we'll also talk about current events. And we are so glad that you can join us. Okay, we are in episode three of this week, and Elena and I are here talking about politics. Our favorite. (laughs) (laughs) And in this episode, we are going to talk about one of the two greatest commandments, being loving your neighbor. There it is. There it is. She said it. She said it. So if, if you need a little refresher of Matthew... 22, here it is. Um, Jesus replied to the question of which is the greatest commandment in the law. And Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. And so in this topic of loving our neighbor, Um, Our neighbors are going to be the people who, in a realistic perspective, are the people that are there for you. Yeah. Uh, Whether you voted for Biden or you voted for Trump, Mm -hmm. are they going to be there when you need an egg in your (laughs) banana bread? (laughs) No. (laughs) Probably not. Mm. Um, Unless they just really love your banana bread. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just picturing one of them just at the door <laughs> with so many eggs. I brought you an egg. <laughs> Morgan. Like, just, uh, just what I needed. Thanks, Thank you. bud. <laughs> and um, those are going to be the people that are there um, with you. And I feel like the loving your neighbor thing is something that as a Christian culture, it can be just like said all the time. And um, there's a reason, though, as to why why it is said and as to why Jesus picked it as the second of the greatest commandments. Absolutely. And Elena, how do you feel like we can best go about loving our neighbors and being there for them? There are just endless ways that I feel like people have been neighborly and shown up for me and modeled this for me so well. Um, I am always blown away when someone is able to anticipate my needs. Um, just being seen, our literal neighbor mowed our literal lawn while we were out of town one weekend. And it was just like, it just spoke to me in ways that like, we didn't really even know them at that point. And Uh we live on an acre of land. So that wasn't just like a I'll just knock this grass back real quick. I mean, we had just moved to the neighborhood and it was a big, huge gift. And so, um, in the actual neighborly sense, that was very powerful and his actions spoke much louder than any words could in that moment made us feel so welcome. Um, and then, like you said, your neighbor is just the people in your proximity can be people that you work with, people that you see on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And investing in those relationships is always more important than being right, kind of like we've been talking about. Yeah. And Jesus could have said, 
a hundred adjectives before he said that one word neighbor. And I feel like, yeah, absolutely. Your neighbor is going to be the people that are surrounding you. They're going to be the people who are genuinely in close proximity with you. And they're going to be your people. They're the ones. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) I love, um, this quote, I heard Emily P. Freeman share this recently, of course. Um, she said, be careful who you hate because it might be someone that you love. Mm. So this is kind of the flip side of that. Um, I, I can be guilty sometimes of just kind of shooting off my mouth, s- saying something that could be hurtful or controversial um, to so many different, you know, different people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's such a simple and clear truth to just remember to be so careful and so loving. Um, We don't want to be known as the kind of people that are against a bunch of stuff. We want people to know what we're for and we're for them, you know? And so if I make a comment and an off color comment about, you know, those people that shop at Kroger, they're the worst. And then there's three Kroger shoppers in the room. What have I done in that Mm -hmm. moment? Nothing good for anyone. Um, if someone makes a comment about an LGBTQ plus person mm-hmm. and they think that they're in a room where that doesn't matter, there could be a person silently struggling with that or right. they have a brother that just came out and now they no longer feel no, they no longer feel safe. safe exactly. And so I think it's loving our neighbor is just as much in what we do say and in what we choose not to say, mm-hmm. especially in times where political times when things are just so charged and you just, it's so tempting to just say something abruptly, you know? Right. I feel like that is, that just makes you think about everything you say when you are consciously speaking and then when you are unconsciously just like going on a rant and how, how powerful because Right, like you don't know. You have no idea whether that person is struggling internally with whatever topic that is or whether someone they love also is um, involved in in that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So right. Those rants can be dangerous. Right. And it's easy to say things in a moment of feeling and then look back and be like, oh, I put my foot right in my mouth. Right, if I just waited. Uh, yeah, been there. Yeah, and I feel like the other part is in order to show Jesus to our neighbors and to our people that can be done um, through our words and our actions and in our day-to-day and then also in reference to to politics and being in a room and um, the way that you are speaking about a candidate on the them side that we were speaking of is so important and just exercising self-control and self-awareness and um, asking yourself, am I contributing to this conversation in such a way that is beneficial or am I just wanting to be heard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I completely agree with what you're saying. I have, um, one other interesting and kind of charged anecdotal thought. Um, so Mother Teresa 
came to the U.S. to receive um, an award. It may have been... Did she get a Nobel Peace Prize? I could be wrong. That sounds right. Okay. She was receiving an award from President Clinton, and the Clinton administration had just um, signed into law the partial birth abortion situation, and everybody loves Mother Teresa, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she's just... She's Mother Teresa. Yeah. (laughs) She's like one of those people that you can bring up and no one is like, oh, please do not talk about her. Yeah. I hate her. No one says that, (laughs) you know? Um, It's like bringing up Big Bird. I mean, everyone's just like, oh, so innocuous. Right. But something that people don't know is Mother Teresa was one of the most pro-life people Mm. that you've ever met. But yet that didn't, that doesn't shift anything for us. Um, And when she was receiving the award from President Clinton, she was, they handed her the mic to give her acceptance speech. And instead of an acceptance speech, she said, I heard that you're killing your babies. If you don't want them, please give them to me. Wow. And then she handed the mic back and she sat down. And, you know, there are a lot of people that would get real mad if they heard that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be just real painful for yeah. some people even. And I think that the reason that Mother Teresa gets away with something like that is because she was living as a loving testimony of caring about life on both sides of birth. Yeah. She was in the dirt with the poorest of the people, listening to the Mm -hmm. women who probably, you know, at times maybe they wish they had access to something like an abortion because they're just in a tragic situation or they're they're weeping or they're, you know, they're broken or they've been raped or harmed in some way. I mean, she's the one that is caring for and loving truly the least of these. So it's almost like if a person could, it's almost like she's earned the capability to be able to speak with such force mm-hmm. on caring for unborn babies because she's caring for she's treating life sacred post-birth by caring for humans. Right. You know what I mean? Like she is, she is bearing out the image of loving your neighbor. And so when she does have something controversial to say, it's padded by this life of love. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And so I just want to be like that. You know what I mean? I want to have such a life of sacrificial love that if I do take a stand in in any arena for the the voiceless in any situation, whether it's people of color or LGBTQ plus friends or, you know, whatever arena I take a stand in to, to protect the voiceless, I want to have almost not earned it, but have also shown with my life that I will sit in the dirt with the le- the voiceless mm-hmm. and the least of these. I won't just gripe about it in the public space. I will get down on my hands and knees in the dirt with those people. Does that make sense? Yes. And being with them for, mm-hmm. for in their moments of when they are either just hoping for some sort of deliverance. Yes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mother Teresa. She's the one. She's the one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are going to head into our final episode. And thank you for sticking with us. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. For more information about GC Wesley, 
visit georgiacollegewesley.org or follow us on Instagram at GCWesley.